Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The Red Sox, 93.7, WEI-FM, and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Search and browse more privately. Download the free DuckDuckGo app today. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Runners lead at first and third. The pitch. Swing. There's a drive hammer deep to right field. Back by the bullpen, and it is gone! Three-run homer, Tristan Casas. And the Red Sox lead it 4-0, turning on this tough left-hander and drilling it out. Number 19 for Tristan. He has 45 RBIs in his 10th home run since the All-Star break. 4-0 Red Sox. That was just a low-line drive, too, that just kept carrying. That, did, that probably didn't get 30 feet off the ground. That thing was scorched. Well, that was uh, Joe Castiglione and uh, Rich Keefe making his debut. Uh, sounded great last night on the Red Sox broadcast as the Red Sox win 4 to nothing, I believe. Is that the final? I'm losing my mind here. No, no, no. It was 5-2 uh, last two. night. 5-2. to two. I'm thinking of the other night. Anyway, 5-2 to two Red Sox win. Chris Sale uh, went 4-2 and two thirds, struck out 11, was dynamic in his return to the mound. And the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio is brought to you by your New England Ford dealers and the Discover Summer Sales event. With a large inventory in stock, now is the best time to trade in, trade up, and discover your best summer ever with Ford. So, Chris Sale returned. He was out for, what, 60-plus days and uh, gave you nearly five innings. I think it's just shy of 60 pitches as he works his way back. I have absolutely no faith. Oh, come on. In Chris Sale's ability to stay healthy. He was dominant. He was great. There is no bigger tease in recent Boston sports history quite as quite like Chris Sale, who, whether it's a lockout or a bike ride through Newton or a TV in Worcester, he finds trouble where it seems to least exist. And But he's been great this year when he's pitched. I think that is a little different. In the past years when they ended poorly, don't, they always ended poorly, bikes and different things. Right. But it was like you were talking yourself into, can this guy who's out on the mound still be Chris Sale? Right. The guy we've seen this year has been Chris Sale. Can he stay out there? And I know he even had some comments last night that I was reading. Like, he basically has stopped worrying about anything. He throws every pitch like, you know, it could be his last because, well, in recent years, it could be your last. Right. But that's the dif- the difference for me this year is he has been really, really borderline dominant. And I think it was A.J. Hinch was even talking about he likes to see it because he thinks Chris Sale is like this unique guy. The arm angles, the slider, the whole thing his makeup, how skinny he is. And it's sad when you see somebody like that who you know can be great 
befallen by just these weird, you know, pitfalls to his career. I'm buying. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm pessimistic on the Patriots, so I got to pick some team right now to be optimistic on. Why can't I be optimistic about Chris Sale? You got Bayo today. Yeah, everybody tries to. T- so you got Sale and and Pedro Part Two back and to Paxton, back. You Let's got, go. I, I a quick aside. AJ Hinch and Cora. Now that would be an interesting uh, conversation, given how <laughs> things ended in Houston. That would be. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if those two are close, but uh, yeah, the Sox. Three games out of the wild card now. The, the Blue Jays have lost two in a row. The Sox have won three straight. So if they win today and the Blue Jays lose, it's like the sweep never happened. And you're back to two games out of the out of the wild card spot. I have been in a position many times this year where I've thought they've turned the Red Sox had turned the corner, whether yep. it was Cassis, who I mean he's cooled off a bit, but ten home runs after the All Star break, he was incredibly hot. They were in San Francisco. I think they were got up to ten games over five hundred. They were in a position, and then the trade deadline came and went. And in a similar vein, but somewhat different than the Patriots, the Red Sox are continuing to charge for championship sort of prices without the championship ability on the field. And the way they handled that trade deadline, I just, I don't want the Bloom way to work because I don't think it's what this team should ever be engaged in. Like, this team has a farm system so that they can use those players to acquire known commodities at the big league level. And nobody's saying they wanted to trade Marcelo Mayer or trade Brian Bayo or to get rid of these incredibly talented, relatively known or blue chip guys. You're talking about trading your 38th best, the 38th best prospect in baseball or one of the top 100 guys that you have. That's not Marcelo Mayer. Because even Marcelo Mayer, you're looking at a 50-50 proposition. The best players in the minors fail almost one out of two times. So I I, I just, uh, I, I'm glad they're winning. It's good for this radio station. I hope the team turns it around. But I said they should have traded Sale when he was in the middle of one of these runs earlier this year before the 60-day DL stint. If they can get out of this contract, if he can pitch well the rest of the year, take it. Take it and trade his ass as soon as you can. Because there's no way that you can look at Chris Sale as any sort of a, a safe safe bet at any point. No, now. but you don't now, now you don't need season long, thirty starts, blah, blah, blah. It is August twelfth. I need a month and a half. Right? Month and a half boils down to what? How many starts is that? Like uh, I mean, I would say six. So give me six, and I don't even need perfect game through 14 batters or whatever the hell right. it was. If you can just give me, first of all, you allow me to not have an opener. You allow me to put an actual starting pitcher out there who I have hope is going to go four, five, six innings, even though he is Chris Sale and he is frail and all those things. Like, that, you don't need a ton out of him right now to be a difference. And I would hate, there is a part of me that, you know how I said I was kind of rooting for the Jets because the right. reaction. There is a little bit of me that's like, I don't really want this to work because I don't like how they handled the trade deadline and said we're underdogs, but we got these guys coming back and we're investing in the team. And, like, I, I hated all of that. But it is entertainment, and I do want to be entertained for the next six weeks or yeah. eight weeks. And I think there's a chance that we're looking at September 20th and the Patriots are 0-2 or whatever they'll be at that point, and the Red Sox are vying for that final wild card. We might good. need it. So we need it. I need the team to be good. The more they win, the better it is for everybody. And... The only thing that is just crystallized, and I get the opportunity to talk to the uh, the Red Sox front office, and I credit the Red Sox front office, despite their inability to answer some questions, they do allow themselves to be asked. 
Yes, the and Patriots then they have dumb not. answers like no impact players were traded. That was an unfortunate Didn't one. Didn't I just watch Brian. a guy pitch a no hitter? Is that not an impact? Yeah. yeah, and I think that Verlander's pretty good. Pretty good. Weird. Uh, Weird. Yeah, Damnedest thing. <laughs> anyway, yeah, wasn't wasn't the best. But stop worrying so much about the messaging and worry about the players. It, you could be like, look at for example, could a team be more poorly run than the Orioles have for basically the last twenty years? They they ruined this this stupid young. I mean, they they used some stupid comments that were just facts from the broadcaster, and they kick them off the air for some unknown reason because the Angelos family are just really pathetic owners of that team. But guess what? For the first time in a long time, Camden Yards is alive. There's a section where they have like super soakers or something. They spray people with water. Everybody's going nuts because they're good. You could have the most detestable person who owns your franchise. You could have the worst messaging from your front office. If the team is good, people will go to the games. Look at the Bruins with Sinden and Jacobs. They were hated, but when the Bruins were good, the big bad Bruins, the garden sold out because people wanted to root for the good team. It, it was sure. The messaging is superfluous to whether or not the people should be engaged in watching your sport. I just don't know why so many teams spend so much time on it, especially we were talking off the air about failed political campaigns. When it never works, like it'd be one thing if if Sam and Haim and Brian O'Halloran were coming on the Greg Hill show and they were really shifting the dialogue regarding the team and they were able to say, oh, this is what we're trying to do. Going back to Springfield with Red Sox winter weekend, the bets believe it. And then the underdog, like the turn of the phrase by Haim Bloom, it's like you went to Yale. Just focus on stats. Don't worry about trying to turn a phrase or try to convince the fan base that something else is going on. Yeah, we're all simple frauds. We want winning. Right. We want entertainment. Like, I always thought the the biggest example of that was Manny Ramirez. Right. We all sold our souls. Why? Because he hit 35 home runs, drove in a buck 20, and batted 315. He was a dink of the highest order, but everybody loved Manny. Oh, it's just Manny being Manny. Why? Because Manny's good. Manny being Manny is good. And that's all we care about. Like... I was critical of the way they handled the post-trade deadline dynamic just because they said stupid thing after stupid thing, and Bloom was all over the map, and it was terrible. But if he puts together a good team, he can say whatever he wants. Right. He can say the dumbest things. It, we talked about it earlier with Bill. We don't remember a lot of dumb things from the first 20 years. Why? He probably said dumb stuff along the way. Of course. They won. Exactly. They were going to the playoffs. They were going to the Super Bowl. They're 8-1 and one through nine games. Oh, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady on November for the greatest team in the NFL. Like, you were enthralled by their talents. And that's where the Red Sox... Now, the comparison to the O's is a little different because that's probably where Hein Bloom says, yeah, yeah, you like the O's, don't you? You know how the O's got good? Farm system. Right. Young prospects. Sucking. Drafting. Developing. You don't want to go down that road. You want to be the Boston Red Sox. And you also compared them... A lot of comparisons from you this morning... To the Patriots. The difference is the Patriots had to change. Like, they were coming to an end of an era. Gronk's too old. He's aging out. Brady's theoretically aging out, although it took a while in a different place to age out. The Red Sox have chosen to move on from elite talent in the prime of their careers, right? Mookie Betts. Yep. Looks pretty good, right? He looks really good on the West Coast. Very good. Really, really good. You didn't have to do that. You drafted and developed Mookie Betts. You had Mookie Betts. Same All you thing. have to do is go sign your little John Hancock or John Henry on the bottom right. LRC, as Robert Kraft likes to say. You chose not to. So there's some And Xander Bogarts. There. 
and Xander Bogarts. That's a less of a good one to make because, like, he's not really playing that well. And Well, but the issue with the Xander Bogarts is not so much what he he's plays doing. He plays shortstop and you need a shortstop? And the guy that you brought in it was basically created in a lab to not play for the Red Sox. He came from Colorado, said he never got booed, and then he took up residence in Worcester right. when the team needed him here. So... Either way, Red Sox have won three straight. They're three games out of the third wild card. Chris Sale. <laughs> I love that we're excited with that phrase. Oh, my God. They're three games out of the third wild card, and that is the, the, the vision of hope we have right now. Well, you know, it's, it's a different form of smoke emanating from here. It's not quite a new pope. But I will say this. On your point about, you know, the messaging with the Red Sox, two years ago, I killed Bloom because all they did was get an injured Kyle Schwarber. And then guess what happened? He was Kyle good. Schwarber turned out to be really good. I mean, another guy that was really good and just needed money and you told Peace. him to leave. But nonetheless, Kyle Bloom laughed then. Maybe he'll get the last laugh here. Either way, Brian isn't laughing and he has what's trending. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Type that into your app search, then download. This is Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Ken and Curtis without Ken Laird rolling on here. Andy Hart in for Ken. And uh, a big week ahead for Jack Jones as the Patriots are heading out to Green Bay for joint practices Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, there is a hearing in Boston related to the weapons charges against Jack Jones. And then Saturday is the second preseason game at Lambeau Field. So couple questions. Andy, you've been uh, at the tip of the spear when it comes to the cornerback question marks for this team mm-hmm. and how Jack Jones is a relatively important figure in a secondary that's been overrated by some. Mm-hmm. What do you expect this week? Do you think Jack Jones makes the trip and then flies back? 
a lot of flights. It's a lot of security checks. That's what I was wondering about. <laughs> that's a cheap shot. I'm sorry. And um, I don't want to be considered a racist because, right, if you bring that up, oh, that's to according the to lawyer, his attorney. Anybody that said anything bad about Jack Jones is a racist. That's what made me concerned about his case because if that's what the attorney's number one complaint was going to be, that that defense was relatively weak. I don't know how this is going to play out. I've been told it's state, not federal charges for some reason. I've heard that, too, and I don't really understand it. I don't get but it. That's good it. for him, I think. It's good for him and that there's a potential for a plea down to a misdemeanor. But isn't there, just a quick aside, no matter what the legal department, legal uh, whatever it is, the legal ramifications of this are, there are ramifications with the NFL that would yep. be separate and... He would have to sit down with Roger Goodell at some point, just like Kamara recently did. I don't know if he'll be suspended, but one would think the NFL would want to investigate it on its own. Yes. I mean, especially in this day and age of, you know, Alvin Kamara, his thing, or Ja Morant, or these various things. And Jack Jones has made reference to Ja Morant on social media, which I'm not sure he should be doing. Like, right. Ja Morant got 25 games Correct. suspension, so more than a quarter of the NBA season. I don't. I, I think if you're Jack Jones, you're hoping this is minor, state charges, plea it down. Maybe I get a one-game suspension just because it is an off-field legal issue that maybe needs to be dealt with. I also agree with you. The lawyer thing was very strange. Felt like a hail mary from the the get-go. Right. And you only throw a hail mary when the game's over. Right. This seemed like this should have been Tom Brady Super Bowl thirty-six. Let's just dink our day, day way down the field and and kick a field goal and win. And of course, racism exists. Everybody would, I mean, most people would, that are sane would would say that. But if this were Jonathan Papelbon, okay, and he had two loaded guns without a license to carry them, trying to get on a flight at Logan, this story would have been equally yes. discussed and probably would have spent a lot more time talking about how stupid Papelbon was. Probably there wasn't a, with Jack Jones it, in the coverage I heard. And the the stories I read about the case, it was just lamenting the absurd nature of the of the the brazen nature of the crime. It was almost like, and I was guilty of this. You're not even fixating on the guns as much as the stupidity, right? Like the dumb decision. The guns were just sort of the poster of, boy, this is a guy who makes really dumb decisions. Do you want? Can you count on this guy? Or are there other different types of dumb decisions? coming down the road. Andy, you brought it up with John Morant. Neither of John Morant's issues involving guns or anything illegal, right? He didn't try to bring it on a plane or anything. He still gets suspended for a third of the NBA season because of who he is and what he's representing and how, you know, people are going to perceive what he's doing. Right. Jack Jones' situation is far worse. It's actually illegal. Well, yeah. And the other thing for me is the the only time that I saw the real punching bag for Jack Jones was when immediately, of course, because Twitter lives forever, there was the found tweet from Jack Jones where he was mocking John Morant for brandishing a gun on social media saying how dumb you must be. I don't know the exact words right. he used. So I have been surprised that the, the team has stood by him while they like to say they're not commenting on it. The Patriots are commenting on it by putting him on the practice field. That is their statement. They can say whatever they want, that there's an ongoing legal matter, but it's, they're well within their rights to say, Jack, you're going to not practice until this is settled or whatever. The Patriots support him, and they are openly doing so, not in their words, but their deeds. So I was surprised by that, especially given the sensitivity that must exist within that organization regarding guns and young players. I think the answer is simple. They need him. and <laughs> They need him at corner. 
But here's my question. They need so many things on this team, mm-hmm. but they're willing to go to the wall to support Jack Jones instead of bringing in someone on offense or doing like it desperation. Does, but I think not, it's the same thing with Trent Brown. But they're not desperate anywhere Why else. Why are they managing Trent Brown and, and whatever, playing along with Trent Brown's whatever's going on? Because they need him. They are des- They have no tackles. I He's the best they have. They have no corners. They need Jack Jones. Desperation is real. I would say they're desperate for those players because both are deals for what they're going to actually be asked to do. Jack Jones is still on a rookie deal. Mm -hmm. He was a fourth-round pick. My guess is his base salary is under a million dollars. Trent Brown was signed, according to Mike Giardi, expected to play right tackle. Yep. He's going to be your left tackle. Mm -hmm. The left tackle going rate is over $20 million for a good one in the NFL these days. What's Trent making? Eight? Uh, Yeah. Something less than $10 million. Yeah. So... They're desperate to pay those guys what they're paying them to do their jobs. They're not desperate enough to actually pay people market rate to improve the team. Yeah, I mean, I guess, at, but at this point, it's irrelevant. You're not replacing Trent Brown. You're not going to go get a Pro Bowl left tackle, correct? Right. And he's been a Pro Bowl left tackle for you. I don't know if he's still that, if you can get that, if that's not there. You can't buff up anymore and get the diamond to come out. But he's been that for you. And Jack Jones, for whatever he is, he started at corner last year, right? He he was disrespected by Aaron Rodgers picking off and out like right. some of that is still there. He is a good. There's a reason he was available to you in the mid rounds of the draft because he has a history. He has issues, and I think from you know people I've talked to there, they believe there's teams that were just he was off the board, like he was not on their board because of his history and who he was and just the headaches and off field red flags. So, but you're desperate if you don't have Jack Jones, who's starting? Because it looks like Gonzalez and. He's the more experienced starter at cornerback with two career starts. Two. Wow. One, two, two. But here's I, I you're making perfect sense. And I I get all of that. My issue is that the desperation is I I just don't understand has you speechless. It really does, because <laughs> I don't understand if you're quote desperate why they weren't desperate to improve the team. They're desperate for it's these fair. guys. 100% fair. Desperation should have come in April, March, that time, not August when there's really not much you can do about it. I mean, there's some running backs out there. There's some guys available, I guess. But you, you don't have a lot of opportunities to improve or remove the desperation label by adding somebody. But what's the cost-benefit analysis of a guy like Jack Jones where benefit a starting cornerback for this season and above average at it, right? Okay, okay. good. The, the cost is he's already been kicked or walked, took himself out of practice. He is a guy that is continued. He got suspended at the end of last season. After that, he repaid you by getting arrested at the airport, carrying with guns he doesn't have a license for, with ammunition that are against the law. The, like, literally, the whole thing was against the law. But we just talked about it earlier. No one will care about that stuff when. Uh, if he wins and they play when well. When he picks off Jalen Hurts and is dancing in the end zone and you're like, my God, the Patriots are going to upset the Eagles because Jack Jones just returned an interception for a touchdown. Will anybody bring up gun charges then? Nope. They'll be standing. They'll be going to buy 13 jerseys in the okay, pro shop. Okay, but is this team going to be a playoff team that wins a lot of playoff games? I do not believe so. No. Okay, so on a team that's not winning a championship, you're standing by a guy that has spat in your face multiple times since you took a risk on him in the draft. Yes. That seems stupid to me. Like if this is the Patriots from 2016, and you know Brady's at quarterback, and the defensive backfield is a little bit questionable, and you you need to know that he got a guy that can shut down Reggie Wayne in a big game against Peyton Manning. Okay, you know Corey Dillon made sense for those Patriots. Corey Dillon doesn't make sense for this team. 
Corey Dillon was a guy that was kind of a DB here and kind of a DB in Cincinnati, but yep. he had 1,600 yards, and we all remember Charlie Weiss saying, this is why we brought you here in the AFC Championship, and he gets in the end zone, and you win, and you go on, and you win a Super Bowl. That guy is great to fit into a team that is well-established with Willie McGinnis on the defense and Tom Brady on the offense and Teddy Bruschi and Mike Vrabel and Rodney Harrison and Ty Law all there to force people to fall in line. This Patriots team lacks all that. Their their best player has been publicly trying to replace players on the team on social media and Matthew Judon. <laughs> Your left tackle was liking posts saying, bring Tom Brady back, replace Mac Jones. And you have Jack Jones, a guy who, if everything goes right, is kind of a dink, but is a decent decent guy in the secondary that can help you win a game or two. I, that has the potential to flow. I mean, he, literally, you gave this guy an opportunity. Jack Jones was off of draft boards. Mm-hmm. You take him in the fourth round. You give him an opportunity. He's coached by what I think is Belichick's greatest strength, coaching the secondary. He is the best that's ever existed at that. So you get the privilege of learning at the feet of the greatest to do whatever he's doing and teaching you how to play this position in the NFL, and you repay him by getting suspended at the end of the year, carrying a loaded firearm into Logan, and then getting kicked out of practice or taking yourself out of practice. I don't, I, I just, to That's me, the I don't care. That's the, you know, the baggage that comes with him. The one thing I've always said about this, and I'm consistent with this, like I go back to Aaron Hernandez with this. I think we would be amazed how many players play for NFL teams that have significant baggage. Like I think Bill's probably been through this a thousand times in his career, and probably more than that, what, 45 years? So five players for a year, 2,000 times, where there's a guy on the team where he's just like, I really hope this doesn't go south with him because I know he's a gang member, he's a drug user, he's a gun user, he does this, or he's got a domestic violence. I think, you know, the old playmakers from ESPN, I think our eyes are still somewhat naive to how many people in the National Football League or people in college do bad things have shady backgrounds, have track records, and 99% of the time it doesn't blow up in your face. Aaron Hernandez blew up in their face, right? Jack Jones, is it going to blow up in your face, or is it just a couple minor blips and you move on from that and hopefully, you know, that's the worst of it. Hopefully, If this is the worst of Jack Jones' transgressions, you win as the Patriots, right? Right. Like, if, if the worst thing he does is show up at Logan Airport oh. with a gym bag with a gun in it, and he gets, he pleads that down, misdemeanor, does probation, community service, and, and talks to some kids. In, never in trouble again. Right. You yeah. win. Yeah. And, and I think that's what they look at. Like, okay, we're dancing the line now. Let, let's save this. We're about to fall off, but grab him, pull him off the cliff. We're good. But don't you think they said that when they took him in the fourth round, that you were here because of all these things? Now we expect you to be a Patriot? Potentially. And But I go back to desperation. But it just puts another lie to the Patriot way of, you know, Myra didn't want us to draft whoever the guy from Nebraska was. and so Christian Peter. So we, you know, we didn't do that. And that there's a way that we do business here. Now the Patriot way is Jack Jones sticking by him. But it's always been that way. They just won. Again, they won. Right. The difference now is you're not going to win and people are going to pick at it and pull it up as like you sold your soul nope you sold your soul to win a long time ago you're still selling your soul you're just not winning okay but it's a saying and it's a cliche for a reason fool me once fool me twice we know what happens like i just i've been wrong a million times i'll be wrong a million times again when he got arrested and then when he got kicked out of practice or took himself out of practice whatever that sideshow was and he had to be talked talked down by matt grow and and uh adrian peppers peppers whatever like 
see you later, dude. Go away. I, I just... If you're trying to rebuild a culture, if you're trying to get back somewhere, and you're not a player or two away from a championship, who benefits from this? What is the culture you're trying to create here? Well, if it's a culture question, that's one thing. But are we trying to compete? Because you yes. don't get better by getting rid of a starting corner, especially when you don't have backups as it is. Right? You you take a that's one of the marquee positions in football: quarterback, edge rusher, tackle, cornerback. Those are the marquee positions. If you get rid of one of your starters, you take a significant step back backwards. But don't you sit back and say, "Oh, that's why he was here in the fourth round this summer." Like, oh, that's why it's that important of a position. Everybody needs one. He's a starter in the NFL. That's why all those other teams that we compete with said, smell you later. Not yeah. worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I Do you think if you just had to bet today, do you think he's week one on the field? Yes. Uh, week one? No, because that's where the NFL could step in. There okay, could be a sorry. Game. So whenever he's able, whenever the NFL is done with its uh Yeah, I don't think the Patriots are walking away from him now. The reason he won't be on the field will be the NFL gives a one-game suspension or does something on their end. But you also have to remember, and this is where I would have gone if I were the lawyer instead of going nuclear with the, the right. race thing. Barry Switzer did this. Like, just say, it's happened before. He's not the first guy to make a mistake in this area. He didn't do it with any desire to commit a crime or anything. It was a simple mistake. It'll be adjudicated as such, just like it has in past cases with celebrities that have done this. They get caught up in a blah, 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 blah. Like, I think you could explain this away and make it sound like, oh, yeah, she's right. Yeah, I do remember Switzer had a gun, and but, I do remember this. Like, But doesn't this fit with the character the Patriots took on in that it's never his fault? Look at his behavior on social media after this, attacking people saying he was like John Morant when he was the one that brought up John Morant. Yes. This is a guy that refuses accountability, which is why he's now in his mid-20s, and he doesn't appear to have learned from any of the mistakes he's and made. And that's why I would get rid of him. It would have nothing to do with... Um, guns or any of that. It, I just think he is a recidivist. Is that the word? Yep. In in idiocy. Like he's. I'm just sorry. He's immature. He's not going to make the right. Even there was like a play. So he had the walk off the field, sent off the field. Pellegrino, whoever did the deed there. I could go for one of those with a line. <laughs> the next day, he makes a play, and the ball's like bouncing, and he runs up to it to pretend to like boot it into the stands. Stupid. Like, you should be walking on eggshells. Like, you should make a play, head down, walk back to the huddle. I just don't think he's capable. Like, he just has a different mindset, brain, energy, and I don't know that you're ever going to harness that. Like, I think you're always going to be walking on eggshells, waiting for him to do something stupid. Not necessarily arms-related, guns or just something generally stupid, because he has a history in his life of doing dumb things. Right. Well, as someone who PhD'd in stupidity in college, I can attest that some things can change, but some elements of you remain dumb forever. But one person that's not dumb is Joe, and he's in West Virginia, and he wants to join us to go back to a little bit of the Heim Bloom conversation. Hey, Joe, what's on your mind? Curtis, Sandy, how are we doing today? Awesome. Super. Hey, by the way, uh, uh, how's West Virginia today? Where Are you, are you near um, the University of West Virginia? Where are you? Um, actually, I'm like kind of on the panhandle, right on almost the Maryland line, but it's still almost heaven, West Virginia. I and it. I got to say, just shout out to shout out to Bradford. Baseball isn't boring, but I know you've been talking football. But I, I did want to just talk about High and Bloom, and, and and Andy, I feel bad that Ken's not there. He joined you and your buddy, His Excellency Bill Belichick on Belichick Island. You know, I, I'm a I drank the Kool Aid for 20 years too, but I, when Tom Brady left, couldn't forgive uh, Belichick for it, guys. Terrific coach, could outcoach the other coach because he knew more about their team than, than they did themselves. The guy's a mastermind. I, you know, I appreciate what he did. But anyways, like Hein Bloom's trying to run a fiscal responsible business plan. Sam Kennedy, president, 
of the Boston Red Sox, let his chief operating officer, Heinblum, back everybody, keep everybody at the trade deadline. You know, he added Urias, but he also, you know, gave a mercy rule to Kike, you know, go to, to L.A. But other than that, he backed everybody, kept everybody there. There were like two or three times games out at the all-star break he said we're just going to go with this you know it's a th- th- it's on a three-year plan would you say Heim had better have some results guys um yeah i mean wait three years moving forward i think he's talking that he's three years in wasn't he four years in yeah i mean the what i have been wrong in my uh judgment of Heim is that i've been judging it from where i sit whereas we are all judged by the people that hired us and the person that hired Heim is John Henry, mm-hmm. and Heim is doing what Henry wanted him to do, which is rebuilding the farm system to a point where it becomes more easily, um, it's it's like a machine. You know, you don't have to every three years react, and, you know, basically right. the Red Sox have been schizophrenic. They've been Sherrington to Dombrowski to Heim with Theo, and they've been spending, and we're not going to spend on a guy like John Lester, and then we're going to give a record amount of money to David Price, and then we're not going to do this. It's been all over the map. John Henry, with his broadened broadened portfolio, wants to have a baseball team that is just a cash cow, that is reliably, consistently good, maybe contends for a title every couple, you know, every three, four years, but by and large, they have a good roster that's a winning team so that Fenway is full, plus the Taurus, and they're able to be profitable with enough people watching on Nesson. John Henry no longer feels the need or desire to engage at the level he did to win the championships like he did earlier in his tenure as owner. Okay, which is fine. Has Heimblum done that? So the, I would argue no. I would argue you traded Mookie Betts for nothing because you're about deal. to run Verdugo out of town. And I think if Heimblum hadn't been the one that made the Mookie trade, Verdugo would have been dealt at the deadline. In other words, if Alex Cora had a different GM right. and he went to that GM and said, listen, this guy's a ticking time bomb. He's, he's showing up late. He's whatever, whatever the rumors are. Yep that that GM would have traded Verdugo at the deadline. Heim didn't because he knows that the second Verdugo's gone, the the return for Mookie Betts is even more embarrassing. Right. And so I don't even think, if you want to sell me on what you just sold me on, what Heim's job is, I don't think he's doing it well. Even Like, I don't have to like or dislike that. If they want to go down that business model, that's is he doing that well? Because I would argue no. Right. I, like, the the Marcelo Mayer pick. Everybody says the guy was going to go number one overall. He fell to four because you sucked. Like you, like everybody would have made that pick, right? Exactly. So is he? What has he done? That's like wow. He 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 Yoshida? bungled Verdugo. I mean um, Xander. Xander was bungled entirely. Because I would argue if you're doing what you just did, you trade Xander last trade deadline yep. for prospects because you have faith in this guy Bloom to bring in three prospects, one of which will be a star like Xander in th- in three years. And this is the issue with the Red Sox and this approach. John Henry is the the father that comes in and out. He's not here all the time. So the kids and I don't I use that term politely like Haim and Sam and O'Halloran, they are running the business for the old man and they don't agree. Because Sam has a competing business idea than Himes does. So okay. Sam needs the team to be in contention, and they need to be able to say with somewhat of a straight face that they're vying for a playoff spot. Right. Himes doesn't give enough about that because he knows this team isn't winning a World Series, and he's been charged to restock a farm system that was depleted under Dombrowski. So you have these competing ideals while the guy is out of town, and you're not getting either accomplished. That's you're why sort you of have like a mess. Patriots. Exactly. So if I'm Heim Bloom, I can say Sam's not letting me do this. And if I'm Sam, I'm saying Heim Bloom could have gotten us Verlander, whatever, and he didn't want to give up the seventh and tenth best prospects in baseball. All of this is why the Red Sox and Patriots are in quicksand. 
Which is why everybody should focus on the Celtics. Exactly. Let's go, Porzingis. Let's hope that foot's okay. Uh, We'll give you a lot more uh, optimism next. (laughs) From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI, New England's sports original. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Get Boston Sports Original on the go wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. We're right back to it. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Is it difficult to be doing both things, though? I mean, that's, Is it difficult? Yeah. Nah, I feel like I'm a very clever, smart kid, and the coaches, uh, <clears throat> they've been doing a good job of me and explaining and breaking it down and helping me learn, and the quarterbacks and receivers, all those guys are, have been uh, nothing but help to me, so I appreciate them. All right, guys. From clever and smart to Curtis and Hart. All right, that's it. We're, that's, we can't do better than that. We'll go. <laughs> Call it a day. Let's have Ken call in from PA. Who Stop texting me. God, yeah. Ken. If you're Don't away, be away. Ugh, right? God. I'm here filling in for you. So enjoy your day. You know, Maya wants to go outside. Do have something Have some scrapple. Right. You're in Pennsylvania. They serve scrapple there. Let me just say this. The sing- I've said this before. Not a hot take. Philadelphia is the worst American city I've ever been to. Liberty Bell. Not all it's cracked up to be. It- oh. <laughs> okay. Are you on steroids? <laughs> no, I'm on C4. Um, so I, my roommate in college, Matt Pagola, now a doctor somehow, he was a born and bred Philadelphian. Yep. Diehard. We were junior years in college when the Eagles played the Patriots. It was a whole to do. So he said, you have to come to Philly and like Wooter. They talk so weird. The worst accent is the Philly accent. Wooter? They call it Wooter. What is Wooter? Water. Okay. Have some wooter. They talk like absolute morons. 
And so we go to the vet, watch the Red Sox and the Phillies. Red Sox win in extra innings, wild day, the the worst building I've ever been, the vet. And then we walk to, to Pat's for cheesesteak. And we wait in line for like two hours. And it's horse meat with cheese whiz. It was the worst thing I've ever eaten. The people there are all like, it's, I, Philadelphia is the worst elements of Boston and New York in one town. You have the like the traffic and the like the gross like uh, uh, smoggy crap like Manhattan. And then you have just like the quick agitated nature of Bostonians A-holes. in one place with one group of people. Yeah, it I haven't is- spent a ton of time there. I've been there for games, in and out, quick. Yeah, and was not really enthralled. To be fair, that's my entire experience there, and it was about twelve hours. So I'm judging pretty wide swath of people with a very uh, broad. Yeah, that's brush. what we do. But anyway. Um, that was Malik Cunningham coming out of the break and the star that was born on Thursday night. So when you, when you turn from a champion and a dynasty into an also ran, it's not overnight. I mean, it was one decision, (laughs) but, um, it is a slow trek down from the pedestal they once occupied. And now this is every other team when you're, fourth-string quarterback slash wide receiver comes in in the fourth quarter of the first preseason game and electrifies the crowd, and then you get all giddy about it, that's the Patriots today. But a good column at WEEI.com by Andy Hart discussing Malik's performance Thursday night and what it means for Mac Jones, not so much on the field but off of it. Yeah, he's his worst nightmare. Like, I literally think he put to bed Zappy because I really feel like the uh, there's probably still a few out there that I think Zappy's better, he should start, but that has really gone quiet. Whether it was the end of his playing time last year, what they're hearing about the summer, what they saw in this, people have given up. Now it's now you have Pat McAfee, who's like the god of media these days. You have to bow down to right. him. Right, ESPN fired everybody, but gave Pat McAfee twenty million a year. Right. Makes anyway, sense. okay. Um, you have how did this guy? How did two hundred and fifty three picks get made, and this guy didn't get? Well, because he's not a quarterback. He's never played receiver. He's an athlete. There's lots of athletes out there that go undrafted. I mean, it happens all the time. But when you have Pat McAfee, like, fluffing it up, like, oh, this guy's so good. He's a, Is he? Or is he a fun story? Is he, like, the guy who can hit a golf ball a mile but can't actually play golf? And then he goes and has a nice career on the long drive contest. Right. Like, this is a nice athlete. Pat he, McAfee. He's is, a circus act. Right. Well, that's, that seems disrespectful when you say it like that. But, yes, to some, his best chance of playing is... We didn't watch him play the other night. Right. Did you see him catch a ball? Chris Shimes, a circus act. He was trying to win the long drive competition at Granite Links and failed miserably. But, yeah, I mean, that's the, the issue with this is, A, it's a dead zone. So people like Pat McAfee are trying to get some kind of a, a viral buzz sure. going. And, yes, when you're watching it, he looked like a guy that should be able to dominate the NFL until you realize who he's competing against in the schedule and the, the game that he's in. If teams were actually game planning against Malik Cunningham and it was actual first stringers, it would look nothing like what you saw at the tail end of the fourth quarter of the first preseason game Thursday night at Gillette State. And I would also argue if Bill thought that was going to happen, now maybe they changed their opinions too. Maybe he was better than they thought, but he would be practicing quarterback for the New England Patriots, which he's not. He's practicing at receiver. They they basically crammed him Monday and Tuesday. They got him on the practice field at quarterback which is when everybody realized oh max not playing this guy's going to play a decent chunk of time as a quarterback and he responded well to it but you're already hearing it people like him 
people are intrigued by him, and he seems like a nice kid. Like, right. You just heard in that interview. He seems like a nice kid. Like Had a great career at Louisville. Yeah. No, nothing negative about him. He's got some swag to him. He's got some confidence, as he should. He's an elite athlete. I don't right. know if he's an elite player anyway, but he's an elite athlete. But you can already hear people, oh, that's what you need for the modern game. And Mac's going to hear that. Uh, you know, because they don't actually ignore the noise down there, as we've learned through Giardi's stink, stank, and stunk, where every receiver responded to it. Like, they actually hear the noise. It's almost like all of that was nonsense, and they listened to everything forever. They absolutely did. The difference is, in the heyday, they would respond on, like, January 27th, when they just won the AFC title game. No, everybody thought we were old and couldn't win anymore! Right. Now they're responding on August 8th right. in training camp. Like right. Or Tom Brady, after they blow out the Chargers, says everybody thinks we right. suck. Right. We'll, go, we'll, we'll show up in Kansas City. Or Willie McGinnis in Pittsburgh. You guys right. didn't think we could win. Willie, you were favored on the road. Right. Who said you couldn't win? You were actually favored on right. the road. Well, Ron Boards just probably did. <laughs> but now they're, they're hearing the noise. They're responding to the noise. And Mac is sensitive, correct? Yes. Like there's definitely – he tries to be the hardo, I think. But there is a – um, false confidence to him, a fraudulent confidence, a, a lack of confidence. As someone that's been evicted from Mac Island by Greg from time to time, just clearly and on the record, there is something about Mac that just tells me he's not it. Okay. There is a, a sensitivity and a uh, dorky type of thing to him. That is just off to me. Like he's the gritty in the in the Pro Bowl was very odd. The the dancing and mm-hmm. like I, I don't know, just kind of strikes me as odd. Maybe he's, he's weird out of it. He's, he's an definitely odd weird. He's definitely odd. There's a lot of times where I think he comes off as unlikable, right. whether it's in interviews or whatever. I think sometimes he rubs players the wrong way. Clearly, opponents right. think he's dirty and he rubs them the wrong way. But I've even right. seen Clay on the Campbell, who doesn't say right. anything, was ripping ripping him. him. But even on the practice field, you can see him rub his own defensive players the wrong way. There was a day he, like, ran, quote-unquote. It was really a sack, but he ran, scored, and, like, sort of danced in the end zone and, like, threw his hands up to the crowd. And you could see Juwan Bentley, like, I would have laid you out if this was a real game. Like, it was clearly annoyed by it. And the defense the rest of the time wouldn't let him run. They'd right. kind of wrap him up. So he's weird. He's definitely unlikable. And then you bring along this young, flashy, athletic, like, toy who succeeds, game was a stinker, and Mac actually lucked out that Trey Nixon didn't catch the catchable ball. Right. Because if he throws a touchdown pass like that, people like me who think he's not a real NFL quarterback, fans are like, did you see that throw? 22-yard touchdown to Trey Nixon on a dot. And not to tell you how to add a column that was already very well done, but I will. What is the one thing that this offense with Mac Jones under center is going to struggle the most with? I'll tell you. Free rushers. Yeah. So and they will have them. What is Malik Cunningham uniquely qualified to do? Improvise. Correct. When things break down around him, which is Wiggy's go-to line with Mac that the new NFL quarterback, even guys like Herbert and Trevor Lawrence who may not be rushing quarterbacks, even Mahomes is similar to that these days. He's not a running quarterback first at right. all. Are able to when it's necessary evade rushers, escape people in the pocket, create space and buy time to find an open receiver. That is something that Mac has struggled the most with. Right. So Malik Cunningham not only did all these fun things, his biggest strength is the weakness of the quarterback that will start the season. Right, and and he's just likable. He's the other woman, quote-unquote, right? He's the other woman who is not nagging you about the toilet seat or whatever you want to say. Right. And I think that is going to um, annoy Mac. Mac will know about it. It's not like Mac can pretend. Just by Bill to further tweak the guy. and, and, and uh, If he chooses, of course, I'd be careful. 
There's a short line between tweaking and breaking. Right. That's you don't want to break your quarterback because he is your quarterback. That is true. Unless you're trying to get Caleb Williams like you think, and they're sneaky tanking. Well, the quiet quit could be the new Belichick way. Like it. Uh, we have one hour to go. We're not going to quiet quit. Andy Hart, myself, Ken and Curtis without Ken Laird. Your calls at 617-779-7937. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.